Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by Neurobloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors, available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have uh, Juliana Hippolito. She's in Brazil. She uh, works on the conservation of pollinators in the Amazon and Atlantic forests. Uh, she's a visiting professor at UFBA Salvador in Brazil. Uh, professor and advisor of postgraduate programs in botany and ecology at INPA in Manaus, Brazil as well. So, Juliana, thank you for coming. Thank you very much for the invite, and I'm really glad to be here talking with you. Very good. Well, tell me about your research. What are you working on right now? Okay, I work with pollination. Is basically the the transfer of pollen grains from different flowers. And this difference, uh, this pollination transfer from different flowers can be made through abiotic or biotic vectors that we call. And we have insects that can be pollinators and also vertebrates that can be pollinators as birds and bats and other other animals. Which animals are deliberate pollinators? And which ones do it accidentally? They don't mean to do it, but they just do it. Okay, the thing is that we have to to have research to say if an animal is a pollinator or is a occasional flower visitors. Because, for example, bees are the most known pollinators and maybe the most important pollinators that we have. Because bees are like machines that are made for pollination. They have fur, they have legs to collect oil and pollen and can make the pollination. But sometimes bees can be flower visitors. So we we have to have research to tell if a bee is pollinating or she's occasionally visiting a flower. And this happened for all pollinators and all flower visitors. 
the thing is that if I saw an insect or an animal in a flower, I have to make a research to see if this animal is contacting the flower uh, parts and if mm -hmm. this animal can also transfer pollen grains and these pollen grains may have to generate fruits. Oh, the pollen grains may be foods to the pollinators, you said, or they're just using them to pollinate? can be both. Pollen grains are uh, food for some pollinators, sometimes bees, sometimes wasps, coleopters, the bugs and other insects. But pollen grains are uh, quite costly, so flowers in general needs a general quite large amount of pollen grains that assure that these pollen grains can go to one flower to other flower. I don't know if I answer your question. I hope so. Yeah, do, do bees eat the pollen or what kind of pollinators would eat the pollen if they could? Okay, there are a lot of insects that eat pollen, including moths and bees also eat pollens, but the, the most usual keyword the pollinators eat, eat is the nectar. So they can eat pollen, but in general they will eat nectar. The thing is that some flowers don't have pollen grains, so the, those pollinators usually eat those pollen grains. Hmm, okay. Do, do any animals eat pollen grains and then, you know, poop them out and then use them to pollinate? Or are they ruined by eating them? There are a lot of situations. There are mm. some plants that offer some pollen grains that are like empty balls and they are like fake pollen grains. And others, there are some flower visitors that can go to those flowers to eat those pollen grains and ruin this flower. That is more a flower visitor or that we call a robbery because usually the pollinator of the flower, he can eat some some quantity of pollen grains, but they won't ruin those flowers. They won't ruin the pollinator. I mean, the quantity of pollen grains that we, the bee or the animal that is pollinating eat is too too short, too few to ruin the flower or the, the seeds or the, the pollination process. Okay. So what are you trying to study about the pollination process? Are you trying to just understand it or are you trying to do it artificially? What is your goal? Okay, I'm trying to understand the whole picture that is involved on the pollination. We have a growing population in the world with projections of continuous growth at the same time that we have limited resources. The conversion of natural areas is not viable alternative for our long-term maintenance and survival. And we need to reconsider or to think in manners to be on earth. I mean, to be here and to be sustainable and to be economically viable.
And we depend on the natural biodiversity for our survival. But at the same time that we do, that we need this biodiversity, we threat this biodiversity. And pollination is an, an essential ecosystem service that is in these contexts. We need the pollination because most of the plants that we have, most of the flowering plants depends on the pollinators. And on our crops, especially, we have about 75% of our crops that we depends on the pollinators in some degree from the generation fruits or to have better fruits and to have better yield. So we depend on the pollinators. And I'm studying this process from the biodiversity perspective, from the landscape, from what we need to understand this pollination and to make, to make this pollination better. And also from the human being and the social and economical perspective that is within this pollination. That um, because we we also know that places that we have a higher biodiversity, we have a higher yield, and we have better human conditions. So I'm studying this perspective. Well, okay. So what are the factors that make pollination more or less successful? What are some of those factors? Okay, for to have pollinators, we have to have health landscape. We have to have places where those pollinators can nest and where, where those pollinators can feed. That means that we have for floral resources and also nest resources that is related to the quantity of plants and soil, also soils that are good soils. We also have to have water because although we don't see those pollinators uh, having this water, pollinators, uh, pollinators also need water. And we have to have also a shade places. We have to have places with the with a lot of variety of environments, and also just don't. I mean, we don't have. We don't. We must have places where we have the variety of flowers, not just one flower, and also place where we have lack of pesticides and also poisons that are threats to pollinators. Well, in the U.S., I know bees, they breed them a lot. They don't rely on natural bees out in the world. They breed them. But in Brazil, are they going to rely on more natural colonies or are they going to breed them and release them in certain areas and then collect them back? in man-made hives and move them around to pollinate. Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by NeuroBloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors. 
available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. Yes, in Brazil, we still have the, the native bees that we call, the, uh, there are stingless bees, but in Brazil, maybe we are losing now this biodiversity before even know our biodiversity because we lack uh, researches that demonstrate the number of pollinators natural and also with the managed pollinators that we have. So probably U.S. are is a bit is a little bit worse than Brazil from the natural populations. But in Brazil, we don't know with the threats that we we are having and the loss of our natural landscapes. We don't know from how far are we going to to have those natural pop populations of pollinators. So maybe we can be worse than U.S. in a, I don't know, in 10 years, maybe, if we don't preserve our nature. What, what's uh, killing your pollinators or what's causing the problem? We have multiple problems that, that are causing the loss of pollinators. The main causes of this is the, the landscape uh, problem from the, the loss of landscape, the, the change of natural to crop or other type of landscapes, mining and other type of landscape, the, the degradation of those natural landscapes and also the pesticides. They are widely used all over the world and is a serious threat to pollinators. Oh, what kind of pesticides are problematic? I know in the U.S. they allow more pesticides than they allow in Brazil, but which ones are causing problems for you guys? Not quite sure about all the names of pesticides because we have a lot of pesticides here that are widely used, and sometimes we also have pesticides that are for, forbidden in other countries, as Europe, for example, and are used here in Brazil. And I don't know if we have all the, the data about the, the threatening on pollinators related to pesticides, as we you have here there in U.S. because you have all the monitoring and all the researches very well done. I mean, you have the data about the loss of bees and the the, the death of bees, and here in Brazil we are really far with with those data and sometimes what we see is that in some region we have for example the death of some colonies and as those deaths are it can be seen and sometimes calls attention we have those those data reported but we don't know quite sure from all of pesticide that we use 
that can cause bee death. Uh, we ha also have here some, uh, some things that we call the best practice in management. That is, for example, the application of pesticides when the crops are flowering. Then we have the application in a, in a period that the bees and other insects can be visiting those flowers and those deaths can, can happen on those flowers or sometimes later on when those pollinators go to, to their nest and to nature. So we don't have those data so well monitored. Okay. Uh, do you guys know why there is colony collapse disorder? Do you know what causes it or where the bees go to die or what happens? Okay, this is not something that I, I in fact, work with, but there are some diseases and fungals, and some of them are happen to be related with the high use of pesticides. And some fungus or some diseases that can be related to these, they generate a high high resistance from from those pesticides and can generate the, those bees deaths. But this is something that I I don't really work with, so I'm not I'm not the best person to tell about this. Oh, okay. What is your specialty then in terms of pollination? What are you the best at? Okay, about the the relationship about the the quantity of pollinators, for example, and the distance from the natural landscapes and crops and the amount of of benefits that we have with the, the pollinators within those crops and also about the the benefits that people can obtain with those with this biodiversity. Okay. So what are some of the strategies that you're working on to make sure pollinators will stay around? Okay, that's a great question. We have to enrich our landscape. We have to think on, we call those, uh, those strategies as pollinator-friendly practice. There are practices that we enrich our systems, our crops, to provide better environment to pollinators. That is to plant some other flowers within the crops and also to use those pesticides in a sustainable manner. Like, for example, don't apply pesticides when flowers are open. And also we can think on the diversity of environments close to crop fields because we have to have those heterogeneity within the landscapes. So we have to think on the distance from our crop to the natural vegetation. And those are the, the main pollinator-friendly practice that we can benefit those pollinators and also to have better yield. And this yield is not only related to better profit from the farmers, but also with a higher quality of those fruits. 
Well, well, how do you change the quality of the fruits that the pollinators will feed from? You just make sure that uh, what they're the plants are healthy as possible, so they produce the right fruits. Or what do you do? Do you put fertilizer on them? Like what? What do you do? Okay, when we talk about nutritional facts within crops, uh, people usually think on the agricultural management. I mean, the quantity of water, the the soil, the nutrients that are within those plants, but usually forget also pollinators are important to generate fruits. So if we don't think in these multiple dimensions of the agricultural management that is related to water, to soil, to uh, environment conditions, but also the presence of pollinators in in particular crop, we are not going to have good fruits and the good quantity of fruits. And we are seeing in a, in a large variety of researches that when we have a diversity of pollinators within a crop, we have better better fruits. We have fruits that are that are larger, fruits that are bigger and have a higher weight, and also sometimes fruits that are sweeter. So we have some yeah. some metrics that are related to the quality of fruits. In cough, for example, we can have better better cough that tastes better. Okay. Well, do you notice that the plants are particularly healthy one year? What does that do for the pollinators? Does it make a lot more pollinators or does it attract them better? Like, what have you noticed happens? This is quite independent factors. The, the farmer must provide the requirements that the plants need. So he must have conditional related to soil and to water and to other nutritional facts that are going to make those plants healthier and those plants beautiful and bigger. When mm. they are beautiful and bigger, then they can have much more flowers and those much more flowers can attract a higher, higher biodiversity of pollinators. But this higher biodiversity of pollinators with with we only happen if the, the farmer have condition to to support these pollinators. So if he has, for example, natural area close to, to those crops instead of natural areas very far from those crops, they are going to have much more pollinators. And if this doesn't happen, he'll probably have to hire columns to 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 be at his crops. But these these columns and these hiring of columns is not always good. It's not a, always a good management strategy because we know that the high diversity of pollinators better than just one pollinator. So if we have, for example, the honeybees in a crop, 
the honeybees by themselves can't substitute the work of natural and other pollinators. So we have to have this biodiversity within these crops. Well, very good. Uh, what's the best way for people to find out more about your work? Where can they go to learn more? Okay, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not uh, widely used of Twitter, but maybe on Twitter. And also on on web pages, we have here the ABC web page and also the LATS web page. The ABC is um, is the National Academy of Brazilian Academics, so they can find about there and also publications. Okay, that's the best places to go. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I should use more the the websites and the personal sites. So I'm, but I'm quite uh, shy on this, and I'm usually publish more than write on on the the internet. So the people may know much more on the internet than uh, on our website. Okay, very good. Well, Juliana, thank you so much for coming from so far away in Brazil. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by NeuroBloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.